Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and this week I am again without the uh, fantasy fro. He is again feeling under the weather. Uh, I don't know if it's the uh, you know the uh, after Thanksgiving blues or what's going on. Maybe it's the Eagles blues lo- losing to the uh, Miami Dolphins or whatnot. But no, he's uh, not feeling so well, so uh, he's got some sinus problems going on. So he's not with us today. But uh, with us today is the fantasy mechanic uh, Nick Howard. Hey, man. Hey, I'm doing great, Nate. I can kind of uh, feel the fantasy froze woes there with the Eagles blues, as I am an Eagles fan as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah, you guys are going to that same thing with the you know, Eagles loss, the Dolphins there. You guys are in the in the race for the NFC East, but uh, at, least the Do- uh, at least the Cowboys lost as well, so you guys didn't lose any ground there because that would be a little embarrassing as well. But uh, before we move on a little bit, uh, Nick, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at fantasy underscore mechanic, as well as on Twitter at FB mechanic. Yep. And my name is Nate with me. We know fantasy can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at we know fantasy. Visit our website. We know fantasy.com. Uh, there we have some great, uh, some great content from a great group of contributors from some weekly content, uh, some breaking news, some breaking news content across fantasy football, as well as some uh, weekly content for fantasy basketball and fantasy hockey as well. Make sure you check it out. We have, uh, like I said, great group of guys and gals on there giving us some great content. Uh, they work real hard. Nick's on there as well once in a while. So uh, just, just give them a, give them a, ch- a, a shout, check it out. And uh, like I said, they work real hard. So uh, to reward them, go, uh, give them a look. Um, so today we have a pretty interesting show uh, lined up for you guys. We're going to talk a, bit, a little bit about fantasy football playoffs. Uh, go a little bit about that. We'll chat about our leagues a little bit, talk some playoff tips. Uh, then we'll talk about some defenses to pick up now for week 15 and 16. Uh, and then we're going to do a 2020 uh, fantasy football dynasty mock draft. I know a lot of people are looking forward to the dynasty uh, mode already, especially if you are out of the playoffs uh, already, uh, already switched gears to uh, – Next year, some of you guys are, you know, went through the tanking process and are already, you know, beginning of the season. We're looking forward to next year, so that's gonna be a little fun we're gonna have this year or this podcast. We're gonna do a uh, between Nick and I, we're gonna do a twelve man uh, first round mock draft here. We're looking forward to that. But before we get to that, let's talk about how we're doing in our leagues. Uh, Nick, uh, how you how you doing in your leagues? You uh, make the playoffs in all of them? Uh, well, I made uh, playoffs in two out of three. Uh, probably my, my favorite league that I love to participate most is my family league, which uh, I had a disappointing season finishing four and nine. I uh, just had no luck with, I mean, I, I felt like I drafted the right players, but no luck as far as week to week. It was one of those seasons where, you know, I scored 170 and the guy I lost to scored 172. And if I would have played any of the other 10 guys in the league, I would have won. But I was unfortunate as far as that was concerned. But the other two leagues, I don't have a, a first-round buy, but I am in the mix. And in my dynasty league that I hopped in with uh, Coach Stephen P, um, the, the team I took over for, I was already an orphan, so or it was an orphan team. Uh, he was already tanking, so I kind of decided to keep the tank going. I had the first pick next year as well as a secondary um, first-round pick. So I have two first-round picks in a dynasty next year which kind of plays into this show for us. But other than that, how about you? Yeah, I'm in, uh, you know, you know me, I'm in quite a few leagues, but my main league missed the playoffs. I shot myself in the foot. I went real heavy. uh, First two picks, I went Le'Veon Bell and then Todd Gurley. Uh, I went over this before. You know, I was really convinced uh, Le'Veon Bell would have a fantastic season with uh, the workload he was going to get. He did see the workload. It's just the yards were there, that team, that offensive line couldn't provide much for him. Um 
and the schedule on the season didn't allow him to really go off. And Todd Gurley obviously didn't do well this year at all. So that league didn't really do well. A few more other leagues I'm in contention, have some first round buys here or there. Some other leagues not so so much. You know, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a bunch of leagues. I think I played about twenty two or twenty three of them. So uh, there, there's some leagues I experiment in drafts uh, ways I want it. Uh, so some leagues I'm not doing so well. Actually, one of them I had my wife draft a team for me uh, just to see how I could do throughout the season with having her draft, not knowing anything about football uh, or fantasy football at all, just having her draft and see what I could do with the team. And, uh, you know, actually didn't make the playoffs to that one. And I'm in the Vampire League as well. Uh, missed the playoffs. Last spot, not making the playoffs. Disappointed about that. That's a real fun league to play on. Uh, I was a vampire in that. Really looking forward to trying that again next year. Hopefully we can find another vampire league for that. That was really exciting. But, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Uh, playoffs are among us. Week 14 is here. Uh, I can't believe week 14 is already here. The playoffs are kicking off. Can you believe that, Nick? No, I can't. Um, just going back to something real quick about something I should have brought up. But uh, These three leagues I'm talking about, uh, the irony of it is in the league that I finished 4-9, I had the 12th pick. And in the two leagues I'm in the playoffs, I had the 11th pick. So the people out there who kind of feel like, hey, I, I'm picking later in the rounds, I, I don't feel real confident I can make the playoffs, don't go by that. You know what I mean? It, it's up. It's an ebb and flow of, of your players and who they play week to week, as well as who you play and how their players perform. So don't ever think because you have the 11th or 12th pick, you're automatically out of it. As I said, I had the 11th in the two uh, um, leagues that I made the playoffs and the 12th where I had a terrible season. So, yeah, I can't believe that it's week 14 already and the playoffs are among us. Um, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm happy, but in a way I am happy, as, as ironic as that may sound. I hate when football season ends, but at the same time, I enjoy the spring and summertime weather. Yeah, uh, bouncing back to what you just said, I always say I'd rather have an end of the dra- uh, end of the first round pick like a 11 or 12, then I would have like a six or seven in a 12 man league. I love that back to back or that, uh, you know, real quick turnover in the first round draft uh, pick than, than in a middle pick. But uh, yeah, it's going by too quick. I'm excited for the big fantasy football season and for myself because for once uh, my 49ers are competitive. So I'm excited for some real playoffs because I'll actually get to see my 49ers uh, in, the, in the playoffs for the first time in what's it been six years for me here. So I'm excited for that. And uh, not to sound rude or anything, but, you know, the fantasy football season's really, really busy for me. Uh, you know, if I'm not at work, I'm doing fantasy football stuff related. Uh, take a lot of time here at nighttime, up real late nights, uh, pretty much every night doing stuff fantasy football related. So looking forward to some some break you know, and I, I can, you know, slow things down, just do some fantasy basketball stuff. Uh, fancy baseball stuff here or there. So looking forward to that as well. But it's, um, I'll be sad to see football go. And uh, once the season ends, I'm already looking forward to uh, next year, maybe Dynasty. And, and uh, you know, we here at We Know Fantasy definitely going hard on the Dynasty stuff this offseason. So look forward to that if you're a Dynasty player. And if you're not a Dynasty player and you love fantasy football, look into it. Um, if you're not in the Dynasty train yet, uh, you're you're way behind. Uh, we're, we're rather new Dynasty players here. Uh, I know, like uh, Nick just said, he just got into it. Uh, the fro and I just got into it last year, but uh, we're all fully invested in it. So this this off season, we're really going into it with the content, a lot of a lot of rookie stuff, a lot of player profiles, a lot of that stuff will be coming your way. So if you're a dynasty player, uh, be on the alert because a lot of that content will be coming to you this off season uh, once the fantasy football season ends. Uh, from we here at We Know Fantasy, but uh, staying on the on the route that we know uh, on the route of fantasy football playoffs, we're gonna talk about a few tips here. 
to, to manage your team in the fantasy football playoffs. I'll kick it off here. These are rather general, but they need to be said. I'm going to kick it off with a don't overthink things. Uh, you just have to go with what got you here. You know, you went through a 13-week uh, season. You know, you may have scra- uh, scraped your way into the playoffs. Maybe you won your wor- week 13 game that got you in, or maybe you dominated all week or all season. But whatever you did got you to this place. So don't try to get all screwy and, you know, get all cute with your lineup. Just keep doing what you did. Get your uh, get your lineup set. Don't get all cute with things and just keep doing what you did because what you did uh, got you here. Uh, you got any advice for the listeners here, uh, here Nick? Yeah, uh, just hitting on what you said to give people an example and, and what I always kind of tell people and tell myself is, you know, if, if you put your best lineup out and I put my best lineup out and I lose, I can live with that the rest of the offseason. But if I go and get cute and let's say I, I sit down Amari Cooper for a Mike Williams and Amari Cooper has 20 points on my bench and Mike Williams has six and I lose, then the whole offseason I'm, I'm second-guessing myself and why I did that after I wrote Cooper all year. So that that's just to give some people an example out there of what we're talking about. But for me, what I like to do, especially come playoff time, and I actually have this scenario going for me, is I have Aaron Rodgers in one of the playoff um, games that I'm in this week, and my opponent has Devontae Adams. Now, I was starting Aaron Rodgers over Jameis Winston anyway, but that's just something to look for. Hey, let me know who you're playing. Look across at your opponents. See what kind of receivers they have. Hey, see what quarterback they have. You may have a decent receiver option that you can play at flex that, hey, if he can score a touchdown and his quarterback throws it, at least I'm getting the six and he's only getting the four. It's a two-point difference. So that's just something for that, you know, that I tend to look for. Know who you're playing. Know who they have on their roster right before game time because come playoff time, people do like to make the last-minute changes on you. Yeah, that's a very good uh, suggestion there. And bouncing back quick to what we are talking about before, uh, yeah, make sure you're playing your studs because I would rather go out with, you know, Amari Cooper getting me six with Mike Williams having 20 in the bench with the vice versa with me playing Amari Cooper for 13 weeks of the season and Mike Williams playing zero with me thinking Mike Williams is going to have a big week where he he actually doesn't go off. But Amari Cooper has his, you know, his usual 12 to 15 point week on my bench. Uh, just just keep doing you uh, and, and just don't get cute with things. I keep getting a lot of these mentions. Had a uh, you know a little back and forth with someone uh, the other day about playing uh, Jack Doyle over George Kittle uh, for the rest of the playoffs. You just don't do that. You know, you took George Kittle as a second, maybe third round pick. Um, I know he hasn't been performing like that, like you expected him to, but he's still a guy who has, you know, 20, 30 point upside every single week under his belt. So you have to put him into your lineup. You can't get cute because, you know, say a T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal are out for the Colts. So you think Jack Doyle is going to get this, get all these targets against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because maybe they don't. And, uh, you know, George Kittle, you know, he, he, he was down last week against the Baltimore Ravens, but that was, he was game scripted out. You know, the weather wasn't there. They weren't throwing the ball often. And, and Raheem Mostert had 160 rushing yards, and you're not gonna, you know, not gonna throw the ball when that guy's having his way with things, and you don't need to throw the ball. So, you know, George Kittle's a monster. So there's there's no need to do stuff like that. But yeah, just play your studs and and be alert to what's going on. But another good strategy is what we're gonna talk about next in our next segment here on the podcast is look forward to uh, uh, the 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 uh, streaming defenses uh, in weeks ahead. You know, if you follow us here at We Know Fantasy, especially myself, I come out every single week with streamable defenses on the website every Tuesday. 
So uh, this this is a weekly article. I come out every every Tuesday. Three defenses to stream. Now you could be a, a one to two seed in a six man playoff right now, having a bye week, and you should be, could be sitting there and like, what do I do? I don't have a defense to pick up this week. You can look forward to week fifteen or week sixteen, and be like, oh, I want to pick up a defense that is you know very minimally owned right now, but has a great matchup next week, and uh, or you could even do that right now uh, if you have two bench spots. Uh, so when you're never going to play again for the rest of the season, you know, on a deep bench like that, you can pick up another defense for week 15, for week 16. So we each have two defense, defenses here we're going to talk about and uh, for the situation exactly. So, Nick, kick it off. Who's your first defense that you suggest picking up for the uh, for week 15 and 16 of the fantasy football playoffs? Okay, my first defense is the Houston Texans. In week 15, they have the Tennessee Titans. And in week 16, which would be many leagues championship week, they face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 30th against opposing defenses. And need I say, Jameis Winston is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. He could throw easily three to four interceptions and have a fumble in that game. So that being your possible championship week, I highly suggest adding the Houston Texans because, like I said, the next two matchups are pretty decent for them with the Tennessee Titans, who are 25th against opposing defenses and the Tampa Bay Bucs. Yeah, and Texans are actually have a very good matchup this week as well. So, yeah, scoop them up for sure. My first defense here is the Kansas City Chiefs, which is maybe a little odd, odd to you guys. Uh, but last week against Oakland, they really went off, held them nine points in what was deemed a very big matchup for with the AFC uh, West uh, lead on the line. This week they have no, uh, New England, so that doesn't really matter. Uh, you don't really want them for that. But next week they have Denver with Drew Locke, you know, rookie quarterback who has one start in his belt. will have two under his belt by the time they play there. Very good uh, there. A lot of turnovers could happen. And the championship weekend, week 16, they have Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky on a Sunday night game. Uh, a lot of stuff could be happening there. Uh, I like that matchup. Could be a lot of turnovers. You know, Mitchell Trubisky has not been as bad as people want to uh, want to believe what the media's been telling us, but he still hasn't been good and is a turnover machine there. Into Chicago, so Kansas City playing hot, playing well down the stretch here. That defense is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. So Kansas City is uh, a defense to look forward to uh, as well. Yeah, for sure, especially with Chris Jones returning off an of injury, um, they've been able to shut the run down. I know in the beginning of the season, many teams were able to run the ball well on the Chiefs, and since Chris Jones has returned, teams aren't finding it so easy to run the ball on them, which has allowed them to play better pass defense. So, and as you said, you know. Who, what, what people will notice, and a secret that I try to do with streamable defenses is go by the opposing team's offensive line and quarterback play. If you do that, you should have success because sacks ultimately end up as points, which could turn into fumbles, which could turn into touchdowns. So that's just a secret that I'm throwing out there for everybody. But always look at defenses when you're streaming them who have a weak, who are facing a weak quarterback or a weak offensive line. There you go. Okay, for me, my second one is the Miami Dolphins. I know a lot of people are like, what are you talking about, the Miami Dolphins? But not only this weekend, but also weeks 15 and week 16, but this weekend they have the Jets, 29th against opposing defenses. Giants, 31st against opposing defenses. Bengals, 28th against opposing defenses. That's the next three weeks that you could possibly have the Dolphins as your starting defense. And the Dolphins against the Eagles, who have you know, a consensus top three offensive lines, the Dolphins were able to squeeze out two sacks and an interception against the Eagles. So just think about what they can do against matchups as in the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. 
Yeah, the Dolphins have uh, have you know we talked about this before on the on the podcast on the contributors podcast. They had a very easy uh, playoff schedule, and that's definitely happening here. And their defense has been playing a lot better as of late, so definitely an option here. And my final defense is the Seattle Seahawks. They're right here, uh, currently on the. Uh, the, the cups of uh, being streamable, they're owned in 40% of Yahoo leagues. Not sure the ESPN number off the top of my head. I know it's over 40%, though. But uh, they're playing the Rams this week, so that number could go down by the time uh, next week rolls around. But uh, week 15, they have Carolina. You know, Kyle Allen is, is definitely falling down from his hot start to the season. Definitely turned the ball over a lot more. The team finally are actually got rid of Ron Rivera. So they're in the post-Ron Rivera se- uh, era. They, uh, they, they pretty much hung it up for the rest of the season they're pretty much just riding it out uh getting the season chalk it down as a loss uh we'll see what happens for the rest of the season with them but at championship weekend they have arizona cardinals uh you know the cardinals are are not a bad team but the seattle defense has been playing very well as of late they're playing for an nfc west crown where the difference could be a one or a fifth seed on the line or a one or second or a fifth seed it's uh the winner of the nfc west the difference could literally be a first or a fifth seed um, in the playoffs, you could go from first round, uh, first, uh, you could go from home field advantage all the way throughout to the playoffs to being a fifth seed wild card spot, having to play, uh, every single road game with not winning the FC West. So this team is hot. They're going to play with tenacity. They're going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, playing crazy. They have that Cardinals game at home week 16, and then they play right before they play uh, uh, 49ers Week 17, which could be for the NFC West crown. So this Seattle team uh, right now is a defense I want to own for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, it's like we've always said throughout the Contributors Podcast, well, you always want players from teams who are competing in the NFL for playoffs. They, they, they play better, and they get up for games. Uh, but something that needs to be said about the Seattle Seahawks defense is since the uh, acquisition of Quandre Diggs from the Detroit Lions, this team has been a way better defense. That's just flat out. They play teams better. They actually had a great game against the Vikings recently. They had a great game against the Eagles. So, yeah, I definitely love the Seahawks. And like you said, they have something to play for. They're trying they're vying for a decent playoff spot in the first round by. So add the Seahawks if they're available in your leagues. Yep, exactly. So, uh, that's it for current playoff, fantasy football playoff uh, tips, advice, things of that nature. But let's kick it off to the dynasty fantasy football side of things. We're going to do a uh, little bit different here. 2020 uh, mock draft for a rookie draft here. We're going to alternate picks. I have the odd picks, and Nick here has the even picks. So that means I have the first overall pick, and uh, I will kick it off here. I am going Jerry Judy of Alabama, the wide receiver. Um, I'm a believer that the wide receiver position in dynasty is the most coveted position, uh, just because you can find running back value, uh, at the, at, at a, uh, you know, at a rookie or a sophomore, a lot easier than you can find it, uh, in receivers, you know, receivers take a lot longer to develop. So it's a lot harder to find yourself a top tier young wide receiver than it is to find these, these running backs. So I'm taking, you know, this man that is, you know, has all pro, uh, talent ran all over him. There is not a weakness in the dude's game. He is a, a, as good as an athlete as you can as you can find coming out of college. This is the top, in my opinion, probably wide receiver prospect we've seen in the last decade, if not longer. He is, at, like I said, as good as he as you can get. Uh, quick twitch athlete gets it done. A fantastic route runner. Uh, sure hands. Um, 
everything you want out of an NFL wide receiver is this guy. And like I said, there are no glaring weaknesses in his game. Uh, most places and most of these college ball players, you can find something to really complain about. There really isn't anything here uh, with Jerry Judy. He has flat-out speed, good size, everything with Judy. Coming from Alabama, uh, it's too much to pass up for me here. So why, or pick number one uh, in 2020, I'm taking Jerry Judy all the way. Yeah, definitely, Nate. Um, I think he should be the consensus number one. Uh, I plan on taking him with that number one overall pick in the Dynasty League that I have. Um, as you said, he has superior skills. He high points the balls. He's fast. And I think the, one of the most important things that will probably hit on a lot of these wide receivers is he's a superior route runner. And in today's NFL, that's a big deal. Coaches don't want to see a guy that can't run around, especially with quarterbacks who are, are, are about timing and release. So Jerry Judy, and not, let's not forget, he's coming out of Alabama. Alabama, the last few years, has produced talents like Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. So um, it's, it's a pro-ready team. Jerry Judy, consensus number one. And like I said, it, you know, things can change. I, I totally get that, depending on where he may be drafted. But as far as the NFL team, but I'm still taking him with that number one pick. So for me at the number two spot, because Nate took my number one pick, I'm going with DeAndre Swift, running back for Georgia. Uh, DeAndre Swift this season has 193 attempts, 1,203 yards, seven touchdowns to go with 21 receptions, 198 yards and one touchdown. Now it doesn't seem too sexy, you know, comparing it to other stats and uh, of other running backs in D1 football. But something I wonder about, this guy's explosive. He hits the hole. He catches the ball. He's got decent size at 5'9". He's plus 200 pounds. And another little nugget here to think about. As a freshman, he had 771 total yards and four touchdowns with the likes of Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb in that Georgia backfield. For me, I see Sony Michelle comparing to uh, NFL talent like a, a Mark Ingram. Yeah, Swift is easily the best running back out of this draft. His vision to find the open hole is is superior. You don't find this type of uh, this is uh, this is special. This is special. This is something you don't teach. This is something you can't teach. Um, uh, paired with that is a fantastic athletic ability, and like you just said, he was competing with names that are uh, stars in the NFL today as a freshman, uh, who were early first, who were first round, second round NFL draft picks already uh that are that are doing very well uh for the respective teams but yeah he is a guy that is going to go early and often in dynasty picks or in dynasty drafts and uh he's a guy i'd like to get my hands on as well um but moving on my third pick here is travis uh etne i think that's how you say that out of clemson the running back there uh this is going to get running back heavy for us here but um i've been a fan of this guy for a while uh the junior there he is Extremely quick. I think they define him as lethal in the speed category. Um, he has the accelerating acceleration explosiveness that is unparalleled in this class. No one can cl- can touch him. You know the Swifts, the Taylors. No one is as quick and and, and, as, and, and as speedy as this guy. The only thing is he is uh, a bit undecisive in his uh, in his uh, in his. Is in his running, he doesn't hit the holes like a Swift. He doesn't have the vision. He tries to get the outside uh, too quick sometimes. Tries to bounce it out and use his speed, uh, opposed to you know following his blockers or hitting the holes. 
He tries to trust, you know, like a high school running back more or a college using their pure athleticism, which would not, you know, help uh, work in the NFL where the, you know, the best athletes in the world are. Um, but if he can, you know, learn to trust his blockers, trust the system paired with this fantastic uh, athletic ability that has this, this, uh, this extreme speed, this lethal speed with his, with his, uh, with his shift, shiftiness, uh, this elusiveness that he has, he's going to have a fantastic career. Uh, he is, uh, you know, five foot nine, two fifteen, with the speed has strong legs, a strong base can shred tackles. I think he's gonna have a great NFL career. Yeah, for sure. Travis Etienne. I mean, for one that the school he's coming from Clemson is, you know, he's battle tested. They've played big time teams. You mentioned the speed. Um, he, this something this season that he really caught on to was catching the ball out of backfield, which in today's NFL is what teams want. They want that, you know, three down running back who can pound the ball on first and second inside the goal line. He can also catch the ball on third down. The only thing I will say about Travis Etienne and something that coaches will look to see if he can improve on is his pass blocking. For sure. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a weakness there for him. So for me with the, the, the fourth pick, I'm sorry. Um, I took Jonathan Tower, running back from Wisconsin. I mean, the guy's a bowling ball. Uh, he's got 279 uh, carries this season for over 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns. And now, as we said with ATN, this is something that Travis or Jonathan Tower has also been able to do this season is get better at catching the football. He's got 22 receptions for 200 yards and five touchdowns. 22 receptions, five touchdowns. So he he's like as I said, he's a big guy. He's patient uh, with hitting the hole, which is the opposite of ATN. He lets the block set up for him. Um, he doesn't have that breakaway speed, but he's very physical. He's 5'11", 220 pounds. He's got nice size. He's very strong, like we said. And someone I see him comparing to in today's NFL is a Derrick Henry. Runs hard, is able to catch the ball, and does have some speed. Yeah, he is uh, probably the most complete back in this draft. Uh, in terms of you know size, speed, power, everything in that, he's a he's a complete package. My only concern is you know that that usage he gets in in, in Wisconsin, how many times he's carried the ball there his career. Uh, hopefully that's not an issue for him. But he he is like what you described as a uh, as a bowling ball, terrific power, uh, always runs hard, runs downhill as they'd say. Uh, to, what is he? Two hundred and twenty pounds, essentially, just constantly running at you. Has the elusiveness and shiftiness to, uh, you know, avoid tackles as well. Um, getting better as a pass catcher is something he hasn't really had in his career at this point. But we've seen that he is getting better at that. So yeah, very fantastic talent and someone that is going to have a fantastic NFL career. Uh, but after this this run here of running backs, let's go back to wide receivers. I'm going Lavisca Genault. Uh, out of Colorado. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, I'm very bad at pronouncing names. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, very bad at pronouncing names. Uh, I apologize for that. I've probably pronounced everyone's name wrong so far. But, uh, you know, the junior here out of Colorado, uh, you know, many have deemed this guy possibly the wide receiver one out of this draft. I can't get him ahead of Judy. Uh, just can't do that yet. But this is a fantastic talent. Uh, this dude is a big play waiting to happen. Uh, he leads the nation, actually, in averaging 9.6 catches and 10.9 scrimmage yards per play in, the, in 2018. Um, he is a big dude. He's had a lot of power. Uh, gets the job done when he needs to. 
But the thing is, uh, he's not really a, a do-it-all type of wide receiver at this point. Doesn't have the best route running. Um, he's he's average at best in terms of route running. I hope we can get better at the NFL level in that. I know uh, Nick just alluded to that You know, teams are looking for those elite route runners. So I don't think he's going to be an early draft pick i think he's gonna fall maybe second day because of this at this point uh maybe he'll he'll be a, a late first round because of this uh he's very dull in his route running not sharp doesn't cut the corners too well he's more of like a uh you know he cuts the corners when you do like an out it's more of a uh, a slant type of thing than like, you know a, a sharp cut but fantastic hands you know boxes the 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 receiver out goes up for the ball uh uh, strong body, strong base, does everything well, but would like to see him, uh, you know, uh, run some routes better. But, you know, as the process goes on, maybe we'll see that he is a little bit better than that. But he's been getting away with things uh, playing at Colorado, but we'll see uh, things like that moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I love LaVisca Chanel. I, I actually had him higher than the, my, my sixth pick. Uh, but as you said, yeah, he is a little um, – Raw as far as the route running, he does have great hands. He's tough. He's physical, and I actually love him as an Eagles pick. Um, I'd love to see. I've the seen Eagles that. I've seen him. that. I would love to see the Eagles draft him. I, I, hey, if the Eagles even end up at like the fifteenth or sixteenth pick, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't hate them drafting him there. To be honest with you, uh, for me, the sixth pick in our twenty twenty dynasty draft, I'm going with CD Lamb, Oklahoma wide receiver. Um, CD Lamb, I mean, going back to Judy, he's athletic, he's quick, he runs great routes. Um, he, in, you get him in space and he can just take off. He's got a decent size at 6'2, 191 pounds. Something to keep in mind Jalen Hurts was his quarterback this year. Now, CD Lamb had 50 receptions, 1,035 yards, and 14 touchdowns. Jalen Hurts had 191 uh, rushing attempts this season. If you took half of them at 85, and 85 of those rushing attempts were throws, and a quarter of them went C.D. Lamb's way. Just think of the potential that C.D. Lamb's stats could have been at that point. Um, I love C.D. Lamb. Played at Oklahoma. Played in uh, some big-time games. Um, I, he's another guy going back to, depending on where he's drafted in the NFL, if he gets in the right situation, the guy can boom as a rookie. I compare him to a Brandon Cooks where, you know, very fast, great after the catch. And he also had eight rushes this season and has a touchdown. So he is a dual threat type receiver with decent size. Yeah, I actually think CD is uh, probably the best uh, receiver in this in this class when it comes to tracking the ball in the air and getting up and adjusting his body to get the ball. Actually, he is fantastic in doing that. Has sure hands. His frame allows him to do all this. He's very, very good in the air. And like uh, Nick just said, he has speed. He's not an elite speedster, but he has the speed. He could do a lot better in running routes. But again, a lot of these players aren't sure route runners. This is college football, guys. Uh, you're not going to get a Jerry Judy type of player out of all these guys. And that's why he is a, a he's a he's a rare prospect. Uh, Judy is, but CD Lamb can get a lot better at uh, running routes. But um, yeah, he's a fantastic ball player, uh, an elite player, and going up and get the ball. Very excited to see what he does in his NFL career. Uh, but that was pick six, I believe, right? Yeah. So we're moving to seven here, and this is myself. So I'm going Chuba Hubbard of the Oklahoma of Oklahoma State. And I think this is a guy who is uh, 
I'm not sure if he'll declare because he's only a redshirt sophomore. He could be eligible to declare because he is that redshirt sophomore. Um, we'll see if he actually does. But he's a guy that's kind of flying under the radar, in my opinion. He is a little on the light side at 207 pounds, but he is six foot one, and he is a he's what they describe as zippy. He has a lot of juice. He's very agile in tight spaces and has like uh, when you're it's like when you're playing a video game and he's a joystick to get in between players. That's like using uh, Chuba Hubbard uh, in real life. He is very fantastic that way. Very patient behind his blocks, uh, uses them well, bounces in between them and gets where he needs to go. But um, he doesn't have because he's a smaller framed running back. He doesn't have uh, a lot of. Uh, lower body strength doesn't have the drive when he gets wrapped up to really uh, get those extra yards that you you would see say a uh, Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson, where they have those massive legs, Saquon Barkley, where if they get wrapped up, they can either run through the tackle or you know get the extra two three yards out of it. He doesn't have that because of a smaller frame, but he is you know the guy who is going to get the ball and bounce between the line and maybe you know he disappears into a tunnel and bounces out the other side and bursts out for a 70 yard touchdown. I'm a, I'm a big fan of this guy. Uh, I, he was I actually, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of unknown to myself going to the season drafting my college fantasy football team. Good thing I did. He had a fantastic season average, like 30 fantasy points for me all season. So that's kind of where I, I got to know him and I kind of found him that way. And it was a fantastic uh, way to know the guy because it was fun watching him all season. Yeah, definitely. Hubbard is definitely a guy that flew under the radar especially since he leads the nation in Russia with over 1,900 yards, and I believe he's second or third in touchdowns with 20 or 21. Um, an interesting nugget here about Hubbard that I read before, um, he actually owns a 100-yard dash record over uh, Henry Ruggs III, the Alabama wide receiver, uh, which is oh, very interesting. Know that. It's, it's actually world-class speed. I mean, um, Hubbard is a guy, as you said, he's a, uh, a red shirt sophomore, so he is on the younger side and we, we're not sure if he'll declare, but I do think that this is a guy who can, his game does translate to the NFL because of the speed and he has proven to be durable as well. We see it nowadays, you know, he may not be your every down back, but we've seen it with like the Tariq Cohen's of the world where they have those fantastic seasons, the James White's. Where, you know, in PPR leagues, they may not be an every down back, but they, you know, they end up with a top 20 running back or top 15 running back season because of what they can do with their speed, catching the ball or even rushing the ball to the backfield. Yeah, absolutely. So number eight here, I'm going with J.K. Dobbins, running back for Ohio State. Uh, Dobbins is another one of those workhorse backs um, over the past three seasons. He's been getting it done at Ohio State this season. He has 250 carries. 1,650 yards and 19 touchdowns to go with 17 receptions for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he's a three-down back. He catches the ball well. He blocks well. He's got nice size at 5'10", 217. His speed's not there. He's not the fastest running back, um, but he breaks tackles. He's physical. He's kind of the perfect comparison to Jonathan Tower, the type of running back that you like in the Big Ten. And the way I compare him, I compare him to like a Leonard Fournette skill type uh player currently in the nfl physical can catch the ball and loves the contact yeah definitely i love the leonard fournette comparison definitely your ohio state running back uh like a uh, like a lesser uh talented ezekiel Elliott essentially uh just wants to get hit wants to hit back and just wants to carry the ball at the middle and that's exactly what he's going to do at the next level 
Uh, so moving forward, pick number nine here is in my hands. I'm going to go with uh, T. Higgins of Clemson, second uh, second Clemson player taken off the board here. The big wide receiver, six foot four here, the biggest wide receiver taken off the board so far. Uh, and because of that, he is a fantastic deep ball threat. Good speed, has good tracking uh, on the on the deep ball. Gets off the line of scrimmage good, has good suddenness off the line of scrimmage. Uh, he does very well, like I said, on tracking the deep ball, gets the deep ball well, good length, great hands because of that. Um, has done very well there for Clemson. He's very good at contested passes, will give up his body for the ball. Um, he doesn't run, again, doesn't run the routes the best because of what he's been able to do in, in just getting down the field, you know, giving his body up bigger than most, uh, you know, secondary players but again in the second and the second in the nfl it's not really going to work that way for you uh but i just love his willingness to get to the ball willingness to uh you know get just 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 give up what he has to do to get up to give give up essentially just do what he needs to do to make a play this dude's all about making plays and you can't teach that you can't teach the willingness to, to sacrifice his body, sacrifice, you know, what it needs to take to catch the football. And that's what he does. Uh, you can't just can't teach that. That's a mental thing. You can't teach. And I love that. I, I love him. I hope he, uh, he's going to be a, I think he's going to be a second day pick in, in this draft, of course, but I think the right situation, the right quarterback, he could be a deep ball threat. That's going to be happening for a lot of uh, touchdowns. Yeah, for sure. Going back to like you were saying, he, he's got the size, the length. He's great for, you know, with jump balls and everything like that. Um, and, and something that reminds me, I know we discussed, this would be the perfect compliment to like a Michael Thomas. This is the kind of guy who, like you said, maybe on the second day, the Saints take him on second day, he flies under the radar. And just imagine the production you get out of a Michael Thomas next year with a guy with that size who can get a jump ball, who's got decent speed, who can take coverage away from him, and, and vice versa for T. Higgins. All right, so for me, with pick number 10, um, I took Henry Ruggs. I know we talked about him earlier when I said about uh, Chuba Hubbard with the the 100-yard dash record. Um, Henry Ruggs is a speedster. There's no doubt about it. Uh, A little low on on the stats this season. He only had 38 receptions for 719 yards and only seven touchdowns. Um, But I think that was a product of – I mean, Tua kind of had an off year, didn't play so well, and then the injury and everything like that. But as I said, this is that speedy track star type um, Tyreek Hill comparison. He's boom. This is the boomer bust of this draft. This guy can come out, and if he plays like Tyreek Hill, he's a total boom for you. Um, if he comes out and plays like a Tavon Austin, he ends up being a bust for you. But he's worth the, the risk to take um, the, a, another receiver depending on his situation. He ends up on a good team that needs that down the field, uh, stretch the field receiver. Henry Ruggs can turn in great production for you. Yeah, every team's trying to get their hands on someone like this. We saw Marquise Brown uh, come out of the draft last year as a type of guy, and this is definitely that type of guy out of the draft this year. And uh, he, like he said, has world-class speed. Is going to be that guy to do it all, you know, catch the screens, takes the end around. Uh, you know, quick slants, deep balls, rush the ball here, there. He's going to do it all. He's going to do it well. Uh, like uh, Nick just said, if he hits, he's going to hit hard, and he's going to have a fantastic NFL career. But my final pick here, week uh, or uh, pick 11, 
And I could have very well gone, you know, a, a safe running back kick pick here, you know, a Zach Moss out of out of Utah, or even on a, a Cam Akers out of Florida State, something like that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna swing the fences here. Gonna go another wide receiver, a lesser known wide receiver, a guy you if you've listened to this podcast before, I've mentioned before. This is Antonio Gandy Golden out of Liberty, the wide receiver, another six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound guy. He's uh like I said from Liberty, very less known. Uh, no one really knows this guy, but he is, uh, he is a fantastic NFL talent. He, uh, very raw though. He's very raw. Of course, he's not from a pro ready system. Of course, at Liberty, I don't think many, uh, pro players have come out of Liberty. He's a below average route runner. Uh, so that's not good. He struggles against press coverage, all these negatives, but he has the hands. He has the hands to get up and get it. He has the fundamentals embedded in him. He has the, you know, athletic ability. He has, he has a, he doesn't have the speed, but he has the, he has the, uh, you know, vertical leap to get up and get the ball. He has the uh, willingness to get better. He has the willingness to go up and catch the ball. He can track the ball very well. He gets, uh, he gets in the position. He boxes the player out. He has length and size. He has a very good catch radius. Um, he has uh, his, his best trait here is his catch radius. He is a he's gonna be a late round prospect that could boom for you. Uh, we mentioned this with a uh, with a T Higgins comparison, where he could be a late round flyer taken by the right team. You put him opposite, say, Michael Thomas, uh, complement very well. That you know you could hit when you need a guaranteed catch over the middle for fifteen yards. You know when you you need a big body to throw the ball to. Uh, I don't know if this is gonna work out because he's kind of a subpar athlete. We'll see if it does. At this point of the process, I love this guy. I hope it works out for him. It's a great story for this guy out of Liberty. I really hope it does. Uh, big fan of him. We'll see if it does another process here. But for now, my length of pick is going that way. Yeah, Gandy Golden, um, as you said, he fought, he, he definitely flew on the radar playing at Liberty. But um, where I see him fitting in well and as far as an NFL offense is like the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Ravens don't have that guy that can move the chains. Right now, it's Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed isn't, you know, such a reliable type receiver as I could possibly see in Gandy Golden being on that offense. But just picture, you know, a Mark Andrews, uh, a Marquise Brown, and a Gandy Golden in that offense with Lamar Jackson having that running threat. And I could just see him flourishing in an offense that needs to be able to move the chains. Um, doesn't look for so much as down the field as often as other big play teams. And I could definitely see him flourishing with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, for me, the 12th and final pick of our 2020 dynasty rookie draft is Tyler Johnson, wide receiver for Minnesota Gophers. Um, I didn't even know who Tyler Johnson was until they played Penn State, but he just ate Penn State alive and cost Penn State, you know, their undefeated season. But, He's another guy with perfect size for a wide receiver. He's 6'2", 205. He's a supreme route runner. Many many scouts say he's probably the best route running wide receiver in this draft. And as far as consistency, this season, 74 receptions, 1,114 yards and 11 touchdowns. In 2018, he had 78 receptions, 1,169 yards and 12 touchdowns. In the Big Ten Conference where they're playing – Supreme talents like Penn State's, Wisconsin's, Ohio State's that that, um, you know, they recruit big time cornerback talent and state secondary talent. And this guy over the past two seasons has been durable, hasn't missed a game and has been consistent. 
Tyler Johnson could very well be your steal for your dynasty draft. Yeah, like he said, a lot of these uh, these teams there, like he said, the Michigan States, the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Penn States of the world, you don't realize how much secondary talent comes out of those teams that goes the NFL. And this guy from Minnesota who, you know, this year is a very good team, but, you know, annually they don't have a really good team. It's put up these type of numbers against these secondaries, against, you know, being the best receiver on these teams, against the best players. You know, annually first-round talents are coming out of these teams. He's put up numbers like this. Fantastic talent. Someone who's definitely going to the radar. And like you said, number 12 pick here who could definitely be uh, some guy you know, next year, you know, a year or two down the road that you're like, wow, can't believe that I picked up Johnson here at pick 12. But, you know, he is a top 15, you know, overall wide receiver right now in the NFL. Uh, it's something that, uh, you know, that's 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 the fun of dynasty here. We just don't know what's going to happen, and uh, we can do as much speculating as we want, but we just don't know the real thing. That's that's the fun of fantasy football here. But that's it for today, guys. Uh, a lot of fun happening today. Uh, it's a little longer episode for you guys here, but we had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, we love this dynasty stuff. I love. Uh, if you've been following me, you know I love to do uh, mock drafts. Peered over, uh, peered over the over the. Uh, over the off season, I do a lot of mock drafts myself, so I love college football. So I'm really happy to get this dynasty stuff. I know Nick's really into uh, the dynasty stuff now, really into college football. So he's going to be here along with me. We're going to do a oh, try to do a weekly podcast over the off season, doing dynasty related stuff. But like I said, a lot of articles over the over the off season. So stick around with us uh, with that happening. But uh, best of luck to you guys over uh, fantasy football playoffs. Here we still have about two or three more weeks of the fantasy football season for you guys. Uh, Remember, every Tuesday or every Monday, I'm back with the Waiver Wire Wishlist podcast where I talk about the players you must add each week. Every Wednesday, I am usually joined here with the Fancy Fro uh, for the We Know Fancy podcast, talking about the week that was and week in advance. And every Thursday is the We Know Fancy Contributors podcast where a great group of contributors come on to give you different perspective, different topics. Uh, visit our website, weknowfantasy.com, for some great uh, more fantasy football content as well as fantasy basketball and fantasy hockey content. Before we sign off here, Nick, where can we find you on social media? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at fantasy underscore mechanic, as well as on Twitter at FB mechanic. Uh, just something I want to throw in there, Nate, talking about the dynasty in the future. For guys who are or girls who are doing in the dynasty but not really in the college football as much, this is your gateway. Um, college, like you said, me and you are college football you know, enthusiasts. We enjoy it. This is your way of – you know, knowing the future, knowing players, getting into college football, um, and just have a lot of fun with doing your dynasty. That's all just something for out there. And good luck to everybody in their playoffs. I hope everybody wins, and thank you for listening. Of course. Remember, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. You can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Until next time, and until next time guys, see you. <laughs>